Welcome, Bird Gang. That's right. It's a football Friday on today's show. Coaches and players can't or won't admit to it, but we will. Scoreboard watching. Besides Cardinals-Eagles, what are the other games to pay attention to this week? On the Cardinals-Eagles matchup, it's the 118th meeting, a series that dates back to 1935. The Cardinals' 57 regular season wins of the Eagles are more than they have against any other franchise. So, what is it going to take to get win number 58? Mike Jarecki gives us his three keys for a victory, plus the always popular X-Factor. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 374, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So an interesting fun fact about this game. A win on Sunday, and the Cardinals would earn their second season sweep of the NFC East since leaving that division in 2002. They swept in 2014, and you look, MJ, they beat Washington, won at Dallas, won at the Giants, and now you host Philadelphia. Kind of one of those quirky stats, but when you play these divisions throughout the entire season, and much like the AFC East was the division the Cardinals played in the AFC, kind of fun to kind of play around with some numbers yeah unfortunately they split in the in the AFC East lose to the Dolphins at home and then lose on the road to the Patriots and you would like to have both of those games back but that's water on the bridge you know the thing is though and you know the Washington football team and we got a chance to see them as we were doing the post game show I mean they've been building that front four front seven and as you know Ron Rivera that team has gotten better now, they're, they're not going to have Alex Smith, so that could be a, a huge uh, loss there. But 94 to 32, and you know what's interesting? All f- four of those teams play a 4-3. And I asked Cliff today, you know, I didn't want to bring up the record because then I'd be considered a jinx. But I, I do think this is probably the toughest front seven you will play from the NFC East. Now, um, I think that one of the reasons why they don't have winning records, obviously, when Dallas loses their top quarterback, Alex Smith, great story, comeback player of the year. They bench Carson Wentz. And then you, you just look at the Giants. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones is still a work in progress. So they really loaded up on defense. And we've had some skill position players, running backs. You can see Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley. So they're, they're putting their team together a little bit different. Um, but, hey, uh, winning those three games prior means nothing on Sunday, it, but I do think it's going to be a good test for this Cardinals offense to go against that front seven because, you know, Washington's young, Giants are young. This team has got veteran players, and it's not one guy. It's multiple guys that can get to the quarterback. Yeah, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Alex Singleton is their leading tackler at linebacker. We'll get into that matchup and really dive in. We've got your three keys for victory plus the always popular X factor. But before we get into that, we do need to let the Bird Gang know that for the second straight week, Mike Nugent will be the kicker for the Arizona Cardinals. Zane Gonzalez ruled out for the second straight week because of a back injury. Don't know the extent of it. Kingsbury was asked, did not know as far as what this meant for Gonzalez 
next week and the week after that and potentially into the postseason. But for the second straight week and expects an official roster move on Saturday, Nugent will be elevated to the active roster from the practice squad. Yeah. And, you know, back injuries are, are kind of tricky. And, you know, if the guy's dealing with it and, uh, you, you know, you want to go with the guy that's been healthy, he's been on the roster for a while and he was four for four. His kickoffs are better than I thought. Now, you know, we're going to judge him if he's able to make that 48 to 52 yarder. Um, but he, he did everything they asked him to do. Uh, special teams was a bright spot last week. Hopefully they can build from that game. General Manager Steve Keim, it seems like it's become a weekly question when he joins Doug and Wolf on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, asked about Gonzalez, and I thought he had an interesting analogy with regards to Gonzalez and, you know, the up-and-down nature, you're either loved or you're hated of a place kicker, but he did say that he compared Gonzalez's struggles to the game of golf. Quote, guys who can sort of get out of rhythm or get in a little funky with their swing – and it just takes a few things to dial back in to get the focus back and the consistency. It is a funny position. Most kickers go through that period in their career. End quote. Jay Feely on the radio this week on 98.7 FM mentioned it as well, that some kickers do have this period to where they really struggle. And if a team feels like they need a change of scenery or they're in the position to where, hey, we just can't wait this thing out. we got to go in another direction. Well, then you take a step back, and then that kicker succeeds somewhere else. I do think the Cardinals like what they have in Zane Gonzalez. It's just right now the kicks that he's missing are so important that you just can't keep running him out there. And he's got an injury, yes, but you do have a viable option and a backup right now in Mike Nugent. Yeah, it, it sounds like his analogy was when some guys get the yips and then the, the following tournament, all of a sudden, you know, they're they're finding the fairway and they're able to putt and all of a sudden. But, you know, we've watched baseball players who couldn't throw the first base and they've done it their entire career. So, again, if he's not healthy, uh, I, I have no issue with Mike. Uh, I think he's got the hot hand. And, again, if this team plays well and they get, we're able to get a win, I mean, at this point, I, I'm just riding the hot hand because – if it's between the ears and his confidence down, the only way it's going to get better is he gets back out there. But right now they're trying to win football games. And that's the ideal thing. Every time you play a game on Sunday. Well, keep in mind, Nugent perfect, but from 30 to 39, he did have that 55 yarder that he fell just a little bit short on, but that you'll never see in any kind of record books because there was a false start penalty. So it gets wiped off the board. He does have a leg though. I will say this. I don't know how short it was. It was short. I didn't see a replay to see where it landed. But I do think he has the length to hit 45, 47. But I think that is something that does factor in when the Cardinals get inside the red zone or drive into the opposing team's territory. And you're looking at a fourth down. And it's that gray area, if you will. Do you go for it? Do you try for a field goal? And I think a lot of that depends on how Nugent feels before the game as far as the warm-ups are concerned. Yeah, and, you know, we don't know if the roof will be open, but we know that the uh, field will be pretty good. Uh, obviously, some games have been played on there. But, you know, going back to Steve's comments, and he's been consistent, I think it's that they believe in Zane, but right now they just want to maybe take a break. Um, we still think you're part of our future. Nugent's 38 years old, um, but give him credit. Just waiting for his opportunity. That's what you have to do. And the good news is maybe it was for COVID, but they, they kept him on the practice squad. And so he's been out there and he's kicking every day and really good special teams coach and Jeff Rogers. So I think Kime wants us to work out. But right now, 
uh, Mike Nugent gives him the best option, at least based on what he did a week ago. The other injury notes, and I don't know how this might factor into your three keys for a victory, MJ, but Chase Edmonds will be a game day decision. He did not practice a lot this week. In fact, Kingsbury did say Edmonds, quote, had some limited action this week in practice. He hurt his ankle last week against the Giants, and it's bothered him all week long. They will see literally 90 minutes before kickoff and whether Edmonds is active or inactive. And even if he is active, MJ, you have to wonder just because it's an ankle, you might feel good. And then all of a sudden it rolls, you get stepped on, you try to cut, it's just not there. So that's going to be a decision that I'll pay attention to come Sunday as far as what you do at the running back position. Yeah. And, you know, Kyle Lowergard, obviously, you know, a guy really dialed in when it comes to analytics. And, and these are just numbers that he mentioned. But Kenyon Drake in the second half of the season is, you know, he's a guy that needs his touches and carries. And obviously it all depends on the offensive line, whether they want to go 11 personnel, 12 personnel, bring two, two running backs together, which they did with Jonathan Ward. Um, so I, I do think, you know, uh, Chase could be on a pitch count. Now, how does that affect the kickoff return? Is Isabella up? He's got to do more than that. He doesn't play on teams. And we know D.J. Foster's an up guy. So I wonder what the downward spiral effect would be. Um, but I think if you're if, if he's moving around fine, I, I mean, I think that one-two punch. And so, you know, we'll see. But, you know, Kenyon Drake, uh, he, you know, he's played 20 games with the Cardinals. He has 17 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns. Now he's about 43 yards away from all scrimmage yards for three consecutive seasons over a thousand yards. Now I'm sure he wants to get a thousand yards rushing, which we know is about 65, uh, you know, yards per game. He obviously missed the game. There were games the team was behind, so they had to play catch up. So, but you know, 17 touchdowns in 20 games, and he's getting he gets better, you know, as the game goes on. So maybe he's the bell cow, but I do think you need a change of pace, and that's not Kyler Murray. Drake will hit 1,000 scrimmage yards this week, and I do think he'll get that 1,000 rushing yards. He's at 848 right now with three games to go, and I think he will hit that milestone with the Arizona Cardinals, and that's one of those marks that, as a running back, you always want to be aiming for. Now, if you've got Kenyon Drake and you're kind of iffy on Chase Edmonds, you look at what the Cardinals might do. D.J. Foster is an option. He's on the practice squad. That would require a roster move. And you do have Jonathan Ward. Now, he is dealing with a shoulder injury. He was limited in Wednesday's practice, but full the rest of the week. And Drake was very complimentary of the undrafted rookie free agents as far as his maturity and how quickly he has grasped the offense. I know locally Arizona State fans would love to see Eno Benjamin up for the first time. Just based off how Kingsbury answers questions when Benjamin's name is brought up, I just don't see it right now. I think a lot of it, MJ, is special teams and then also blitz pickup, something that we know both Drake and Chase Edmonds and DJ Foster are very good at. Yeah, well said. I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, you, you got to give Angel, you know, an entire offseason, you know, let him get involved more in the OTAs. You know, I do remember that that uh, red and white practice. I mean, he he flashed, you know. Now it's just, you know, against your own guys. But, you know, he needs preseason games. He's got to show that he could stick his nose in the fan on the pass protection. Um, you know, he has put the ball on the carpet a couple times in college. But in fairness to him, you know, he had a rookie quarterback, a rookie or freshman center, a freshman left tackle. 
So he didn't put up the numbers, but I always thought he was a third day guy. Sometimes you just got to be patient. And you look at DJ Foster. He's, you know, on the practice squad, he's on the roster, but he plays on special teams. And that's the reason why you'll see Foster likely active. And I'll say this about Eno Benjamin. If the Cardinals were not high on him, he wouldn't be on your 53-man roster. They would have tried to slide him through waivers to get him on the practice squad or just say, you know what, it's just not going to work here. So the fact that he is still on the active roster but just not up on game day, yeah, it's disappointing, but they still feel that maybe it's not this year but next year and the year after that, especially with Kenyon Drake entering free agency and not knowing what his future is going to be. I do believe Eno Benjamin has a future. It just might not be in 2020. Yeah, I mean, again, without a regular offseason, he, he wasn't able to flash. And then in training camp, they're, 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 they were installing new, uh, you know, new tweaks to the offense, so you really don't have the time. But that's when you get to the rookie mini camps, and that's where the guys stick around for almost the month of June to where they're not afraid to make a mistake because the veterans aren't there. And then you go to camp and then, you know, the game will slow down for him. But again, I think you bring up a valid point. The fact that they kept on the 53 says they value him and you can never have enough depth in the NFL, especially at that position. We, we saw a couple, you know, last year, remember Alfred Morris and Zach, Zach Center, and, you know, they finally made the trade for Drake. So, that's one position where you got to have numbers, but I just think people got to be patient. And, and I don't think they're down on him. It's just he's got to have a bigger role in order to be active. Christmas is right around the corner, and the Arizona Cardinals want to give you the chance to win great prizes, either for yourself or maybe for a family friend or someone within the family. Autograph footballs, some gear, some trips as well. Go to azcardinals.com slash 12 days. Again, that's azcardinals.com slash 12 days. Come back daily and enter to win a new prize each day through Christmas Eve. It is a football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Week 15, we have reached the third game before the end of the regular season. The third to last game, if you will, second to last home game of the regular season, the 4-8-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles invade State Farm Stadium. 2.05 is the kickoff on Sunday, 9.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins. Cardinals looking for back-to-back wins, get to that eight-win mark, which, if they do, that would match their win total from the previous two seasons combined. So, yes, this has been a good season. There's been some ups there's been some some downs um very low points especially during that three-game losing streak but hopefully against the nfc east sweep that division get to eight wins keep that seven spot in the nfc playoff picture but for all of that to happen mike jarecki the three keys for a victory according to mike jarecki all right number one is going to be you must protect kyle murray against the eagles front seven now by saying that Cardinals need to take advantage of their uh, makeshift secondary. So if they can protect him, uh, you know, Rodney McLeod and Avante uh, Maddox, uh, they're going to be without. And if Darius Slay plays, he's not going to be 100%. And we know that he was, uh, you know, picked on against the uh, Seahawks with DK Metcalf. That's just a tough matchup, even though when it comes to Jalen Ramsey and Patrick Peterson. So, um when I say protect, I mean, you got to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you avoid those third and long situations. So they'll start teeing off. Um, but I also think, you know, based on the Cardinals receivers and hopefully Kirk, you know, can step up and 
we, we know Larry's going to be there. And then Hopkins, I like the fact that they're moving him around. Um, you know, he lined up in the slot. You're starting to see a little bit more yards after catch. So they got to protect Murray in the front seven. And, and I do think if they can just establish a run, I'm not saying run for 200 yards, uh, but also take some shots. And I, and I think because uh, if they're able to protect Murray and get the running game going, and then all of a sudden you can take some shots. Now, Cliff did point out on Friday, they don't really take a lot of shots down the field, but he was really impressed with Hopkins' numbers and what he's been able to accomplish considering he is a number one wide receiver and teams are going to bracket him. So, you know, on paper, but they need somebody else to step up. And another, and that could be Dan Arnold. I would say Chase Edmonds. We don't know. Is you know clearly nobody's a hundred percent. But yeah, I just think you got to protect Murray because this is the best front seven they'll see uh, when it comes to the NFC East. Eagles, the second best team in the NFL as far as getting to the quarterback and sacking the quarterback. They're forty-three sacks, second only to the Steelers, who have forty-five. Cardinals pretty good as well, getting to the quarterback with 37 sacks. But with regard to the Eagles, yes, if you get off to a lead or you can control that line of scrimmage, and then, as you said, take advantage of that Eagles banged-up secondary of Ante Maddox, Rodney McLeod both not playing, Darius Slay in concussion protocol, although he was on the practice field a little bit this week, but you just don't know, especially when you're talking about a concussion. But at least we know of two fourths one half of that eagle secondary will be on the sidelines this week and we cardinals ran into the same situation against the uh, buffalo bills uh, levi wallace was out and then josh norman was out so you had tradavius white and uh, you know l- luckily they won at the end because the bills had scored and they probably thought they're going to win that football game so yeah i mean it's again uh, it's all about matchups but if they're getting pressure up front that's going to be difficult to make some of those throws down the field And protecting Kyler Murray, that offensive line has done a good job of that this season. And you will likely see once again Justin Murray starting at right guard for the second straight week in place of J.R. Sweezy. So pay attention to that. And because Justin Pugh is dealing with a calf injury, we expect him to play just how effective he might be. There could be some shuffling along that offensive line. But we've seen that, MJ, the past two weeks as far as guys coming in and out at guard and at the center spot. Yeah, Pew, Pew pretty much missed practice all week. Um, so they may start Sweezy at right guard and Justin Murray at left guard. I mean, I at this point in time, I, I think if everyone was healthy, Pew would be your left guard and Murray would be your right guard. But Pew hasn't done a lot this week, and uh, he's got a calf injury, and that could be you know painful because as an alignment, and, and, and they're trying to push you back, you've got to have your strength in your lower torso and your anchor. So We'll just have to wait and see, but I, I feel comfortable with either or. You know, I think Justin Murray's definitely uh, has some upside. And he, we know he can play right tackle, right guard, and left guard. But Pew's going to be a you know one of those situations where you know if he can't go, but you know Max Garcia didn't dress last week, so we know Josh Jones probably will be an extra uh, sixth offensive lineman out there. So interesting the dynamics of how it's going to shake out. Um, if Justin Pugh's not able to go, but he's a gamer and I think he knows what's at stake. But if you're not healthy at 80 percent, you'd rather have somebody out there that's 100 or close to 100 percent. All right. So number one, protect Kyler Murray. What is number two? Contain the Eagles run game with Miles, Sanders, Hertz and uh, Boston Scott. Now, we know Miles, according to Vance, he's very fast to the hole. He's got good vision. He's a dual back. Um, so I, I mean, again, you're not going to shut these guys down, but, you know, I, I think when you look at, uh, Jalen Hurts, he completed 55% of his passes. Now he 
you didn't throw any interceptions. You didn't have a fumble at the end. And maybe that's his first outing. But uh, you have to give them a ton of credit playing at home against the Saints. And that's the Saints are playing for something because you don't, does anyone want to go to Green Bay in this, uh, January? I mean, everyone would sign up for it. But realistically, the Saints were thinking that was going to probably be their easiest road. So I give them credit. And maybe they didn't know how to prepare for them. And you brought up a good point over the last couple of days. The Cardinals have been in this boat before with uh, Tua. He, he, he made his first road start in Arizona. Um, you know, as the game went on, he got hot, um, you know, and, you know, you look at that game. So hopefully they learn something. But, you know, when I look at it, they had – I asked three different guys all week, and that was my theme. I asked Patrick, I asked Buddha, and I asked Vance. This team is going to go with gadget plays. I mean, and that means it could be the Philly special, but they also run the read option, the triple option. There's, I don't know if they're as much as Sean McVay and Kyle Shannon with the motion, motion and shifting. And, you know, uh, Jason Kelsey, who a lot of people think will be possibly a Hall of Famer, he's been the steady guy there. So he, to me, he's going to help make the calls, and that will go a long way for them. But, you know, if, if you could force – um, hurts, you know, in third and long, maybe, you know, he's going to have to throw in tight windows here where last week, I think they was more managed the game. Just don't lose the game, but he, he did a good job. Give him credit on at home against a very good team. But I, I just think you got to contain their running game and put them in third and long. So maybe where the Cardinals can bring that, that um, jet defense on third down and kind of force some turnovers. Cause you know, he hasn't had a lot of reps, uh, but obviously he's played in big games, but not so much in the NFL. Sanders ran the ball 14 times for 115 yards and two touchdowns against a very good Saints defense. He was also targeted five times in the passing game, and you just wonder if that becomes Hurts' go-to guy, especially if you're in third and long or you're feeling a lot of pressure, that little short dump-off. So pay attention to Miles Sanders around the line of scrimmage, whether near the sideline or just kind of within that four- to five-yard range because he might be that quote-unquote safety net when it comes to Hurts getting rid of the football. I think they're two tight ends. They got experience, and, um, you know, their wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, had his first touchdown. Uh, they got a young receiver in Rieger. Um, so we'll see, but uh, I think everything's predicated on the play action. Some of these gadget plays, Quincy to Philly special, just just because they want you to to, to cover every blade of grass from sideline to sideline. So, um, and everyone said it's all about the eyes, all about the eyes. And and this Cardinals, if Sanders is that fast to the hole, you better make sure you can tackle in the open field. So I I think I, I think the Cardinals secondary has a huge advantage over the uh, Eagles skill position players, a wide receiver, not so much tight end. And it might be fun to count how many times Hertz rolls out or bootlegs just because two weeks ago, that's exactly what Jared Goff did to that Cardinals defense. And they had great coverage. They were able to get to him, but when he rolled out and he had that extra time, that's when he was most effective throwing the football. You get him out on the run and it's not so much running and you have, you know, freedom, it's getting away from those front seven guys that are trying to knock you back on your heels. So I think this is going to be a, certainly a, a big test for this Cardinals defense to see that, hey, we learned our lesson against Tua, and we're not going to let Jared Goff beat us for the second time in three weeks, talking about Goff and Jalen Hurts comparison. You know, I talked to a, a former coach that coached with Jim Schwartz, and he said he, you know, against the Saints, they played a lot of zone. 
Expect that to continue with a heavy dose of cover four and perhaps cover two to keep Murray from running up the backs or defenders. Now, he did think that Schwartz will put a spy on Murray. He thinks he they'll put a spy on Murray, but he doesn't see them playing man-to-man under. It's more of a four-man rush. Um, that's what they are. They're a four-man rush. They get pressure without blitzing. Um, and then zone man-to-man under, but he thinks they'll put a spy on Murray and just, just try to keep him in the pocket. All right, Mike Jarecki's three keys for victory. Number one, protect Kyla Murray. Number two, contain the Eagles' ground game. What is number three? Well, I, I talked about it in the front. The, the Cardinals got, got to take advantage of the Eagles' secondary. I mean, we talked about it. So I, I just I just like the matchups. I mean, we've got to protect Murray, but they have to take advantage of that secondary. And, um, again, it's, it's going to be if they can protect Murray. So that's number one. Then take advantage of the, their passing game. And we saw, talked about contain the Eagles' run game, especially Miles Sanders and uh, Jalen Hurts. So when you start looking at, uh, you know, the guys that I'm concerned with would be the X factor. And that is the tight ends of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cardinals have done a really good job. And it sounds like, you know, Isaiah Simmons has had the opportunity. I like his size. I like the way he hits. He's physical out there. He's, 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 he's a lot bigger than some of those other guys. But I do think if, if you're a young quarterback making your first road start, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, they're going to bail you out of a lot of plays. I'm not, I'm not so much worried on the outside with speed. I'm worried about between the numbers because those guys, I mean, again, I'm sure he's been throwing passes to those guys on this, you know, when he was getting in, you know, in training camp. So I think the tight ends are, are factors and I'm going to throw the Cardinals in there because I think Dan Arnold is a weapon. I think Max Williams, we know what he does. And I think if they get Darrell Daniels back, I, I like that top three and they're all, they all do something a little bit different. And, you know, I think Daniels is pretty getting better in the, in the blocking game. We know that's not uh, Dan Arnold's forte. So I would say the X factors from the uh, Eagles tight ends and then the Cardinals tight ends, because somebody has to step up besides DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. And I, again, I want to make the case Dan Arnold and Chase Edmonds would be the next guys because they're very fluent in catching the football. So I think X factor is going to be the tight end. Again, they've done a good job, but now you're going against two veteran guys that have done it at a high level. Knock on wood, the tight end position for the Cardinals defense has not been an issue. And you wonder, Vance Joseph was asked about that week in and week out, especially as the numbers kept creeping up and up. But I don't believe he's fielded a single question about opposing teams tight end. In fact, this is just off the top of my head. The only time the tight end position has been brought up, he did it earlier this week talking about the Giants tight end Evan Ingram in which they were able to hold him to just two catches so it's not like they have figured it out but they have done a good job of not allowing that position to beat them on a consistent basis like was happening a year ago Craig I think the number was 17 touchdowns yeah that sounds about right I'd have to look do some digging, and, and, but and, yeah. and you know TJ Hawkinson I mean they went against some good tight ends but a lot of time it was Nick Boyle or you know uh, Mark Andrews obviously was a really good tight end when they had to go to Baltimore in week two yeah but I mean it, it, it's it's night and day and that's why they went out and got Devondre Campbell that's why they drafted Isaiah Simmons I mean you know I always thought you know let him rush the passer but it's really it, it, we're learning you know down the stretch right here he's playing a little safety which means he can cover tight ends and he's playing inside linebacker which allows him place play closer to the line of scrimmage 
he's really not a pass rusher. I think we know now it's 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 obviously Hassan Reddick, Marcus Golden, and Dennis Gardeck. And then sometimes Kylie Fitz comes in more to set the edge. So, yeah, for the most part, I, I, I kind of like where they are. Devondre Campbell was the key acquisition this offseason with respects to figuring out a way to contain, stop that tight end of the opposing team. And then you just double down with the drafting of Isaiah Simmons. I think those two players specifically, because you need guys who are physical enough, but you also need guys that are athletic enough and nothing against a Jordan Hicks, but Campbell's a lot quicker. Simmons is a lot quicker, a lot faster. And if you have those types of players on the football field, then you don't need to devote an extra body to figuring out who's coming across the middle or you're afraid that the opposing tight end might be just too big for you, i.e. Buda Baker. Yeah, you can win some of those battles against the George Kittle, but over the long term of a game, he's going to get the best of you. And that's, again, nothing against a Buda Baker, but I think it speaks more to what the tight end position is becoming in this league. And now defenses are reacting to figuring out more athletic, more skilled inside linebackers. Yeah, and, and you got to have length. And and Campbell, when he's when you, when you see the huddle, he's the tallest guy. When when you see Isaiah Simmons in there, he's the tallest guy. Chandler was in that same uh, equation. Now I know that Patrick Peterson has been up and down this year, uh, but over the last four games, and I'm glad you're bringing this up because as much heat as P two has received this season, I think it is important to acknowledge yes when things go wrong but also when things go right, because it's easy for us to see when a DB is beaten on a play, a little bit different when all of a sudden that DB has had a good game because you don't hear his name called. And last week, I'll be honest, I didn't hear Patrick Peterson's name a lot come out of the mouth of either Dave Pash or Ron Wolfley on the right on the radio broadcast. Yeah. So the last four games will go in, in, in chronicle order against the Seahawks. He was targeted four times. We know he's had the upper hand on DK Metcalf. He gave up three catches for 32 yards. Patriots game. We know that they don't have the best wide receivers, but you still have to cover guys like Demir Bird and, and jo- Jacob Myers. He was targeted four times, three catches for 37 yards. Rams game. We know that, you know, maybe um, Cooper Cup has obviously had his way with Byron Murphy um, and then you throw in Robert Woods, who they use around the sticks. And so against the Rams, three targets, three catches, 34 yards. Last week, four targets, two catches for 31 yards. So I know we're going to look at body of work, but teams are not throwing to his side. So you're not going to – now he is tackling more, I would say. He, he's, he, he's put an effort into tackling because in this defense – if you're going to play man-to-man press and they get to the outside, those bubble screens or a screen pass to the running back, you have to tackle in the open field. And I think he's done a much better job with that, willing to get physical. But, um, you know, there, there's been peaks and valleys, but this is when you want to be playing your best football. And if he can continue to do this, you know, we'll see it with the 49ers. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's having a great year. Um, I don't know about Debo Samuel and injuries, and then obviously against the Rams. And we'll see if the Rams play all their players, if that's going to be the case. So, um, you know, it's worth pointing out um, because this helps the defense get eight sacks. Peterson, three interceptions, seven passes defensed. Drake Kirkpatrick, three interceptions, seven passes defensed. And here's another addition that happened late in the offseason, the acquisition uh, Drake Kirkpatrick. You expect Peterson and Robert Alford 
that doesn't happen for the second straight year. And all of a sudden you plug in Drake Kirkpatrick. And I'll say this, he has been a different player since that personal foul penalty against the Seahawks. He also has played very well during this stretch run. Oh, there's no doubt. And, you know, besides the, uh, the penalty, uh, which obviously he hasn't done it since. And I think he knows he let his teammate down and Cliff says, sometimes you gotta let those guys kind of a, Stew it. They know what they did wrong. But yeah, he and he's physical. I like the way he tackles. Um, and they were targeting him last week. And and once I tweeted that out, they're like, keep targeting him because you know he's going to come up with one. Uh, I think he's got good man-to-man ball skills. He gets his arm in there um, when he gets closer to the receiver. But no, I mean the fact that he's got you know background with with Vance. Uh, Vance has been. He's, he's I don't know if he's pounding the table, but when he asked for an evaluation he has intel with these guys. And so he's fit right in. And to be honest with you, Arizona Cardinals and Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday, two Oh five from state farm stadium. Again, the three keys for victory, according to Mike Jarecki, one protect Kyler Murray two contain the Eagles running game three, take advantage of that Eagle secondary and the X factor, the tight end position, obviously for the Eagles and perhaps for the Cardinals with, Dan Arnold, Max Williams, and perhaps also Darrell Daniels, if he is elevated to the active roster. He was designated to return this week. Now they'll see if there is a designation to the active roster, perhaps as early as Saturday. Yeah, and just during the open portion of practice, um, you know, I don't think Kyler's dealing with any element from the show. I mean, the way he's thrown that ball in the open portion and, and Chase was out there and he, I watched him stretch and he ran to his drill. I know it's different when you got to, you know, if you're going to, if he's going to dress, he's going to have to give you 30 to 40 snaps. And so they got to make that decision based on somebody else that's healthy. So uh, beach on practice the last couple of days, which is, you know, I think he's been underrated as a right tackle. It wouldn't surprise me if they try to bring him back next year. Um, yeah, I think he likes the Valley, obviously a great dude off the, on and off the field, gives back to his community. So, yeah, I, I just look at it from that standpoint. So, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll know more, Craig, on Sunday morning or 90 minutes before kickoff. What's the latest with Chase Edmonds? He's a big part of this offense and Justin Pugh. And my guess is if Pugh can't go, then Murray will line up at left guard and then they have to roll with J.R. Sweezy. And again, Max Garcia wasn't active last week, so We'll see how they decide uh, who their depth guys is. But we know Josh Jones will likely be an extra blocker. Bird Gang, if you haven't done so already, we strongly encourage you to update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue here on this Football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we close up shop here and get ready, for this week 15 matchup scoreboard watching several players were asked about it this week and they all took perhaps maybe the PC response saying, no, no, we're focused on ourselves. We're focused on this week's opponent. So coaches and players might not be able to scoreboard watch, although I think they do. We can though here bird game, because obviously we know if the Cardinals win, they're in. They control their own destiny. They can't be caught as long as they win out. The problem here is if they stumble, and we have seen this team stumble too many times already this season, MJ. So if you look, Cardinals the seven seed at seven and six. Then you have the Vikings and Bears one game behind, both at six and seven, both playing each other 
this week in Minnesota. And we debated earlier in the week, hey, who do we root for? And I think we came to the consensus that we wanted the Bears. Although looking back, I think maybe we need the Vikings to win. I'm trying to do all this math and trying to figure out, hey, if the Bears went out or Vikings went out, what happens? Bottom line is there is no head-to-head. So you go to conference record. And right now the Cardinals have a five and four conference record. The Bears five and five, the Vikings four and five. And if you can't figure that out, then you go to common opponents and the best percentage of common opponents. And here is where you do not have the advantage if you're the Cardinals. The Vikings and Bears would both win the tiebreaker when it comes to common opponent percentage. Yeah, just win. <laughs> wait, wait. You made me go through all of that no, and your no, response no, no, no. is just because- win? No, because I'm glad you. Because to me, if the Cardinals can get another conference win, that would be six and four. Okay, it, but but you had you go to the second tiebreaker, and you're right because for our our listeners out there, both um, the the uh, Bears and Vikings beat Carolina and Detroit, so that's the reason why the Cardinals, if they lose, they can get jumped. Right now, they control their own destiny. So. But, you know, it's going to come back to that Carolina and Detroit game. Right now it's under water on the bridge. But if they can get to eight and six, another conference win, they would be in somewhat the driver's seat. Again, I think you're going to have to beat the Niners, and we'll see what happens next week. But this, this is where you want to be playing your best football. So, uh, Craig, the injury report came out. Do you want to go through it? Go ahead. Okay. Out. Kylie Fitz. Zane Gonzalez. Jordan Phillips. Jalen Thompson. So it looks like four guys there. Questionable, Chase Edmonds, Drake, or Patrick. Justin Pugh did not practice all week. Uh, Kelvin Beecham, he's off the injury report. He's full. Everyone else should be good to go. And as for the um, Philadelphia Eagles, we know about uh, Jack Driscoll. They put him on IR. He's out. And also Avante Maddox, their corner, he's out. Everybody else is pretty much questionable. Darius Slay was limited in practice on Friday. So basically what we anticipated as far as Sunday and those inactives, that is where this is really going to be key to pay attention to. We always do 90 minutes before kickoff, but who is up, who is down, I think we'll say a lot about how we feel about this Cardinals team on Sunday. I still feel pretty confident, but again, as we say, this game is not played on paper. No, the Cardinals turn the ball over and, and you know, because their defense is really good. And, and again, I, I just think if you look at matchups, the Cardinals should be able to throw on that secondary. I like the Cardinals in this game, maybe 27 to 20. Um, I don't, you know, if they get into a shootout, you know, we'll watch it. But I, I think Philly wants to play close to the best, keep Kyler Murray in the offense off the field. But when you do that, though, you have to go on drives and you can't afford field goals. you got to get touchdowns. So hopefully the defense can – you know, tighten up in the red zone and force these guys uh, when it comes to field goals. So I do like the Cardinals 27-20. All right, let's hope that is the case. Mike Jarecki's on a bit of a roll. Momentum, Kyle Odegaard. Mike Jarecki nailed it last week when talking about the Giants contest. We'll see how he does coming up this week with the Eagles in town again. 2.05 is the kickoff, 9.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We will talk to everyone post-game on Cardinal Talk, and then obviously next week, which the Cardinals will be getting ready to play the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, the 49ers announced today, MJ, I'm sure you saw this, but that last home game that they have against the Seahawks on January 3rd will be played 
at State Farm Stadium. So three quote-unquote home games in Arizona. Good news is Cardinals on the road for that January 3rd game. They are at the Rams. So again, no conflicts, and that was a large part for why the 49ers, when they were told they could not remain in Santa Clara County, they came to Maricopa County and basically set up shop in Glendale. It's almost like this is, uh, you know, it, it, it all worked out. Um, the Cardinals host the 49ers next week as their home game. That worked out for them. The Cardinals were on the road against the Giants. They played the Washington football team. So it couldn't have worked out better. I'm sure they want to get home, but then you, you got to quarantine and all that. And, you know, it's been a long year for the 49ers. But, uh, you know, just give them credit because it can't be easy just to up your, root your entire organization, weight room and all this stuff. And, and obviously they rolled out the red carpet. So, um you know, it's a lot to do during the season, during a pandemic, when your family's at home and Christmas is coming up. We'll talk a lot more about the 49ers and what they have gone through this entire season coming up next week. But the goal this week, 1-0 and against the Philadelphia Eagles. And on that note, we will put a lid on this Football Friday edition of Cardinals Covered 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Covered 2.